Time now on this Monday morning for us to have a chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Hey, good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about the thing that I know everybody's going to be talking about today is this potential for Keystone XL to be cancelled. There will be ripple effects here in BC, right? Oh yeah, our pal, Joe Bryden, <laughs> is going to stick yeah. Canada in the eye on day one, it bears. Uh, and this, of course, yeah, it, it, if he's shutting down Keystone XL, which is not a surprise because Obama opposed it and Biden said he would kill it, so it's not a surprise. But if he does that, uh, Canada's last hope of another conduit to export Alberta oil, Saskatchewan oil, to world markets is the TMX through Vancouver. So, uh, you know, the Premier of Alberta, the Premier of Saskatchewan grumbling today about the the Biden decision, but uh, they're going to need uh, Prime Minister Trudeau on side to keep uh, working on that federally owned pipeline because that's the last real hope to get the oil to world markets. Right. So tough for us, but it sounds like it was more of an easy call for the U.S. side here. It's a very easy call for the Americans. Uh, there, there's really no downside to the Americans on this one. Uh, the Obama administration presided over a massive expansion of U.S. fossil fuel production through fracking. Uh, the United States went from being an importer to an exporter. Uh, they're now also shipping LNG out. So all of that worked for the American economy. It worked for jobs, worked for Texas. And uh, shutting down another pipeline from Canada well, you know, it does reduce supplies a bit, but it keeps the Canadian price low because we don't have another market. We're totally captive of the Americans. So they get to collect trophies from enviros all over the world, including here in Canada, for shutting down one pipeline while presiding over a massive expansion of all the others. Hmm. Okay. So uh, this, of course, is very contentious for the BC government here yeah. as well, because we know what the Horgan government's approach to this was early on. Yeah, John Horgan said that he would use every tool in the toolbox to prevent the uh, TMX expansion because he opposed the shipment of additional oil through the port of Vancouver, of bitumen, uh, diluted bitumen. And But, I, you know, I think, in fairness to Horgan, he did use every available tool in the toolbox. There just weren't that many of them. And he got blocked in the courts. Uh, the federal government finally took over the pipeline, and Horgan has since said, look, I, I, I tried, we exhausted our tools in the toolbox, and now we're turning our energy to making sure there's as much uh, safety and resources in terms of shipping oil through B.C. waters. So they've been working with federal government on the Ocean Protection Plan. They still say that what Ottawa has done isn't sufficient, but really B.C.'s options for stopping this are pretty limited. There are still some legal issues out there, but in fairness to Horgan, he said he would try every tool in the toolbox. Uh, I think he did. He got nowhere. So now, I think wisely, he's putting his energy and effort into prevention, precaution, safety, and cleanup resources. All right, we'll have more to come on this today. Of course, that's going to be a developing story. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic here as well, because we heard from Health Minister Adrian Dix on Friday that that Pfizer decision to temporarily curtail vaccine production is going to impact us here in BC. Yeah, this is another example, Simi, of our national government's failures. 
on this file. You know, they bought, what, 72 million doses of a, of a vaccine that won't be available before the end of the year. And they chose to buy Pfizer vaccine from the Pfizer production facilities in Europe, not the one in the United States. And at the time, the prime minister was asked about that. Oh, don't worry. It doesn't make any difference. Well, it makes a huge difference. The Americans are not going to see any reduction in their supplies of vaccine because it comes from a factory that makes the vaccine in the United States. We're lumped in with the Europeans and we're going to see reduced shipments. And Dix admitted on Friday that, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's going to be quite a bit less vaccine for a while. Now, it's only temporary, but he says it's significant, and it'll have an impact on a key aspect of BC's strategy for the vaccine. So you will remember that uh, BC had decided to string out the supplies by putting off second doses to allow it to vaccinate more people with first doses. Well, the stringing out now is being encroached by the reduced supplies. So you're, what they're going to have to do is divert some of the first vaccines to giving people their second shot so that we don't go beyond the recommended 35-day period. So it does have an impact. Mm -hmm. It isn't the B.C. government's fault. It's the national government's fault, and it's probably something worth keeping in mind since, uh, by all accounts, our prime minister is planning an early election. Gee, I don't know why he would be doing that, but there you go. <laughs> right, but when it comes to that, though, B.C.'s take on that second dose was a little bit different than some of the other provinces, right? Is that they did that to get as many people with the first dose as possible yeah. rather than saving it to make sure they have the second dose. Yeah, they did. And Dick said it will affect the delivery schedule, but it does not mean that anyone will miss out on the necessary second dose. It just means that there will be fewer first doses given out uh, on the schedule. What they've done is they're going to curtail first doses in order to make sure everyone's covered on the second. And he also said it'll be temporary. He said eventually, and the Europeans have said this too, uh, Pfizer has said this, eventually the supplies will be restored. Eventually we'll be you know, back to targets. So, but it does have an impact. Um, it was a judgment call here in BC. I think it was, you know, taken with the best of intentions. I don't think there was any particular way that uh, the BC government, that Dr. Henry or Dix would have foreseen this problem that originated with the European plant. Uh, and it looks as if, from what they said, what Dix said on Friday, that they'll be able to bridge to the return of expected supplies. It doesn't look like any one's actually going to lose out on the second dose because of a shortage of Pfizer vaccine. Right. It just It's such a concern, though, when you consider that we've got these variants, right, that are mm -hmm. raging around there. And we're kind of, we're up, there's the vaccine on the one hand, and then you've got these variants, and it just oh. feels like we're being squeezed in the middle here. You know, I'm a pessimist on this one. Uh, I don't think there's much cause for celebration on this yet. Uh, I mean, you can hope, but to be apprehensive, uh, what's going on in the U.K., with the second, uh, with the UK variant, and the British are unhappy at it being called the UK variant, the Brazilian yeah. variant, the South African variant. The Americans are saying that they think eventually the these more uh, contagious variants will take over. Uh, no, I think uh, I think there's there's ample reason out there to continue to be cautious, to mm -hmm. hope for the best, but continue to prepare for. Uh, a long or 
deal this year. Uh, I see the World Health Organization semi saying they don't think we'll hit herd immunity this year, community safety. So right. uh, fingers crossed, but uh, we've still got a long way to go on this file. And very quickly, though, I want to um, ask you about the BC Liberal leadership. Yeah. Todd Stone out. I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah, Todd Stone says he thought it over with his family and everybody thought he was getting ready to run and he's not running for the leadership. And, uh, you know, uh, he says family reasons and personal reasons. I think you defer to that. He's got three daughters, a young family. That makes sense. Uh, and the other thing that's interesting is in the Vancouver Sun today is an opinion piece. I saw that. By uh, Kevin, Kevin Falcon. Falcon. Remember him. Now, yeah. he went into the real estate business, a big company, development company, way back in 2013. Um, Society's vulnerable deserve our kindness. Real compassion involves stable housing and long-term treatment, says Kevin Falcon. Um Gee, now why would he be? Hmm. I mean, I'm delighted to see opinion pieces in the Vancouver Sun. Always, it's great, you know. Uh, but I, you sort of wonder—is he kind of warming up Timing. for uh, yes. laying down markers and, uh, you know, aware that his reputation was as a tough guy on the finance file? So he's reminding everybody that he was also the health minister, and he's filled with compassion. So there we go. Hmm, interesting. All right, thanks for that, Vaughn. Bye, bye. Bomber from the Vancouver Sun.